Good morning. How's everyone doing? Staying warm? I can't believe there's snow in early October. That's bothersome. For those who don't know, I'm David Ivey. I'm the youth pastor here at Polaris Christian Church. Um, I have a wife. Her name's Jacqueline. I have a two-year-old son named Liam. And my wife and my son went to a fall festival uh, yesterday. And, you know, there was a balloon artist there. And balloon art is fun for little kids. And normally boys ask for swords or, or lions or something manly. My son asked for a sheep. And, and, and he's very proud of his sheep. And it was just interesting because I'm like, oh. And apparently the, the balloon artist was kind of looking at that and going, sheep. How do I do a sheep? I haven't done that since balloon school. Uh, but the beauty of it is, I love this time of year. I just love the fall. To me, there's just northeast Ohio in the fall. You can't, can't beat it. Even though it was a little colder than normal uh, this weekend, it's just something nice and special about the fall here. The, the, the colors are beautiful in the trees. Uh, I love just driving through some of the neighborhoods and just seeing uh, the oranges and the reds. It's just beautiful. I love the fact that, you know, the food is great. Uh, there's clam bakes, there's you know, clam chata, there's, uh, you know, my wife loves pumpkin everything, and I actually took some time um, early in the fall uh, and tried to find her M&Ms that are pumpkin spice flavored. I called like six stores, and finally they got them in, I'm like, yes, um, I'm not as big as a pumpkin fan as my wife is, but I love this football season. It's the middle of it, you, have, you know, high school teams are about to play some playoffs in a couple weeks, you have college in the heart of their season, and the pros, and the miracle that happened last weekend with the Browns win. Uh, the funny thing about that is my wife told me the reason why they won was because I gave up. And I said, I'm going to go get my hair cut, I'm done. And they came back and won. Okay, so it's on me. Maybe, maybe uh, the football you know, gods are saying, hey, just give up and we'll win all the games. But I love this time of year. The only problem I have is it's just too short. It just seems like in a couple weeks... All the leaves will be off the, off the trees, and it will be snow on the ground for sure, and, and it's, it's kind of disappointing, but it is still beautiful. Yesterday, we got to do something fun with our teenagers. Uh, we did something called trick-or-treating for canned goods, and this is exactly what it sounds like. They dressed up in costumes. We went door-to-door asking for canned goods and other food items for the Brunswick Food Pantry. Uh, the, the truth is, in a couple weeks, it is Thanksgiving. And the Brunswick Food Pantry is going to need as much food as possible. So we, you know, a handful of our kids went out with us and actually had a, had a group of girls who did paper, rock, scissors, which was rather impressive. We had one girl, my name is Sarah, uh, who was getting beeped at for wearing the yellow slicker. Uh, but it, it was a lot of fun. But what it shows me, though, is it takes a lot of boldness and courage to do what they did last week. But let's think about it. They're trick-or-treating, and it's not Halloween. So a bunch of teenagers are dressing up, walking through neighborhoods. They're going door-to-door, which was quite entertaining to see some of the reactions to the people knocking on the doors, uh, even though some of, most of them knew we were coming. Um, and their friends saw them walk down you know, Laurel Road. The beauty of it is, is if their friends saw them doing this and asked, hey, what were you doing? You, you have a choice. You can make something up or... You can just say, hey, I was doing service project. I was doing something for something. Imagine when you were teenagers. Would you have the courage to do the same thing? 
it takes boldness to follow Jesus. It takes boldness and courage to do something for him. And today we're going to talk about the book of Acts and the stories of boldness that, is, that are found there. And we're going to learn that, that God used these men and women, these everyday men and women, who are willing to step up and be bold for him to literally change the world. And he's gonna, he can still do that today in us if we choose to be bold for him. So our first story of boldness comes in the early part of Acts. And in Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John meet a man who was paralyzed. And the Bible says that the, he was paralyzed for his whole life, for 40 years. And he's, basically what would happen is people would take him from his home, carry him over to the temple gates, sit him at the gate, and the whole day he would beg for money. And then someone would come back, pick him up, and take him back home. It's a tough life. And then one day, Peter and John come by, and they see the situation, and, and they heal this man who is able to now walk. And he didn't just walk. He, he ran through the city saying, look at me. I can walk. It's, it's, it's amazing. So Peter gets an opportunity to say, you know, I need to tell people why and, and through who he was healed by And so he tells them, this is by the name of Jesus. But the religious leaders of the time were not too happy about who they were proclaiming. And the story of boldness comes from us in the next chapter, uh, Acts chapter 4. And it starts in verse 1. And it says this, The priests and the captains of the temple guard came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail to the next morning. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. But what power or what name do you do this in? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we begin to call, if we're being called to account today of the act of kindness shown to a man who has been lame and are being asked how he was healed, know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but who God rose from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. When they saw the courage in Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. And since they could see the man who'd been healed standing next to them, there's nothing more they could say. And after further threats, they let him go. It took boldness for Peter and John to stand up and say something to this, these religious leaders. Because in that time period, these leaders could have put you to death. They could have imprisoned you for a lifetime for standing up for the name of Jesus. They chose to be bold even though there was risk. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you, you read through the Bible and you, you hear these stories it's sometimes hard to relate because we put our, in our minds these men and women of the Bible to be some super-trained, ultra-spiritual people. 
And when we do that, we end up kind of making a distance between them and us because we think, well, they are so much special than I. How can I do something like this? But the truth is, John, Peter, King David, Elijah, Ruth, Deborah, you go through the list of people in the Bible, just everyday people. If you look at their lives, they had some, some stuff in their lives. They weren't perfect by any means. I mean, look at King David. He had his, his dealings with, uh, with purity and, and, and murder. If you look at even Peter, uh, he's a normal everyday fisherman that denied Jesus. I mean, these are just everyday humans, even to the point where the religious leaders said they are just normal, uneducated people. The one thing they all have in common, boldness. They had the boldness and the courage to stand and speak for the name of Jesus. We had an opportunity for our teenagers a couple weeks ago to do something called Take Your Bible to School Day. It was a national thing. Uh, actually, Becky Oliver told me about it the, the week beforehand. Um, and I looked it up, and it, you know, it's a big deal uh, across the country. And our, our, I challenged our teenagers to do it. You know, take your Bible to school, and don't just take it to school. Anyone can put it in a book bag and keep it in a book bag or put it in your locker. Take it out. Read it. Let people see what you stand for. Um, and on that day, a couple of cool things happened with some of our students. Uh, David Hebebrand, who is a middle schooler, uh, calls me. Now, teenagers don't call. <laughs> Ever. It is text message, it is Snapchat, it is Instagram, it is Facebook, and sometimes mostly Twitter. They don't contact you the normal, old-fashioned way by speaking to you. Uh, that takes too much energy. But he calls me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm reviewing my wife. I go, I gotta take this. David's calling me. Something must be wrong. And I'm like, David, are you okay? He goes, I did it. Did what? Because I'm getting worried now. And he said, I, I took my Bible to school. And I, I brought it out. And I, I, people were asking me questions. I was reading the Bible in school. And I had teachers who were like almost proud of me. And I had people who didn't like it. But I don't care. I'm still going to do it. For a middle school boy, that is as bold as it gets. We have a high schooler named Jenna Kaczynski. And Jenna took a picture of her Bible and posted it on Instagram with a caption saying, I'm taking this to school. That's courage. That's the way they communicate. All of her friends and their friends of friends saw that she was taking her Bible to school. That takes boldness. question you need to ask yourself when you were in high school did you have that same kind of boldness? The bigger question to ask, are you willing to have that kind of boldness in your life today? We are involved with so many people outside of church, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. A lot of you may even coach teams for your kids or in the neighborhood somewhere. Are you willing to be bold with your faith in everyday life. God used everyday normal people to change the world in the book of Acts because they were bold. 
He wants to do the same thing in your life today. He's got to stand up, let your voice be heard, and, and make an impact on your community. It just takes courage. It just takes boldness. The second story of boldness in the book of Acts comes from the conversion of Paul. So before Paul was, wrote a third of the New Testament, he decided to be not so much a good guy. Uh, his name was Saul, and he actually was known as like the, the bounty hunter of the Christians. He was the dog of, uh, of way back where in the book of Acts. He actually took contracts out for the religious leaders with the goal of arresting them and bringing them in front of the religious leaders, which would put these people in, the, in prison for lifetime or death, just like Peter and John could have. So he's on the way to figure out this, this contract, and, and he's on this road, and Jesus appears before him and changes his life. Now, we're going to talk more about the conversion of Paul uh, later this month, and the story of boldness really has to do with the person that Paul comes in contact with. There's a man by the name of Ananias, and God asks him to do something, and it comes from Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, saying, Ananias, yes, Lord, he said. The Lord, he, the Lord told him to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, very specific, go to Straight Street, um, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he saw, he seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with the authority of the high chiefs to arrest all who call upon your name. But the Lord told Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the, to the Gentiles, the kings, and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. There's boldness in Ananias. Ananias knows Saul's reputation. That reputation wasn't good. He was fearful because knowing that if he knew I was in town, let alone knock on his door and walk into the house he was at, he could be in some major trouble. But despite the uncertainty, despite the worry and the possibility of death, he took a stand. He said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to listen to what God has to say. Can you relate with this? Has God ever asked you to do something or you feel like God's pulling your heart to do something and you know that there is no certainty that things are going to be okay? Do you have times at work where you, you desperately have this feeling you need to talk to someone about God but you know the reputation of your boss and not really being a, fa a fan of, uh, of your faith? For a lot of us, we live in, in America for, because of the American dream. We have this beautiful idea of what the American dream needs to be, but our neighbors are all about the house, the be best car, the best job. They want their kids to be with the right friends. 
be on the right sports teams. Because you know that's, that's what the, the American dream's about. But you have this, this urging to talk to your neighbors about Jesus, knowing it's probably not going to be well received from some of them. What happens when you choose to act, regardless of what the, what the circumstances might be, regardless of the uncertainty, some really cool things can happen. I want to introduce you to a lady named Mrs. Sandler. Now, I was a unique kid in school. I loved history. I still love American history. I still love world history, in particular the war history. I eat all that information up. Uh, this young lady uh, was in World War II. She lived in Poland that was occupied by the Nazis. The Nazis removed all the Jews from their homes and put them in these ghettos uh, with no food, no, no real power. It was an, a really sad state. This young lady decided, you know what, I'm going to go and do something about it. So she was a nurse, and she also was a social worker. She went into these ghettos, and she brought food and medicine, and she had to sneak them in. But what's more impressive of what she brought out of those ghettos, she would hide children in laundry baskets, in toolboxes, and anything big enough to put them in, and smuggle them out of these, these ghettos and take them to an orphanage where they got new names and were placed with families. Uh, the, the history tells us that 2,500 kids were spared the wrath of the Nazis because of this lady. She was arrested by the Nazis. She was tortured. They broke her legs. They did some nasty things to her. But her boldness and courage gave her the strength to survive. She survived World War II. And then she had a new mission. She wrote every one of the names down that she, of, the, of the kids that she took out of those ghettos. And they were given brand new names. So she had both lists out. And she took each kid, found them, and brought them home to their families after the war. That is courage and boldness of a different kind. There was no certainty that this this lady was going to make it out alive. Imagine her being arrested and being thrown in these, these war camps. It's hard to have hope in something like that, but she did. If we are not bold in our faith, we miss out. We end up missing out on a really cool story. We could end up missing out on a blessing if we choose to sit on the sidelines, we end up possibly teaching the next generation it's okay just not to do anything about it. But when we stand up and have courage, regardless of the, the certainty, regardless of the circumstance, some really cool things can happen because God's involved. If he's going to use us when we're bold, in times when we're going to risk our lives and risk things, he's going to use us even more, even though it's not certain what's going to happen next. Are you going to be bold today? Our last story of boldness in the book of Acts comes from, the, from a man named Paul. 
not in his conversion, but well after that. He's making his way back to Jerusalem after going around and ministering to people, and a prophet stops him on the road and has a message for Paul. We find this message in Acts 21, starting at verse 11. And the prophet tells Paul, come over here with us. And he took Paul's belt, tied, it, tied his hands and feet with it, and said this to Paul. The Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people with us pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. Sure enough, Paul goes in Jerusalem, and Paul is arrested, and he's put into prison. So Paul had a choice. He could have easily said, okay, I'm, I know what's coming. I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to go away from the, 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 the issue. He could have probably found a nice, quiet area and lived the rest of his life out in rel- relative peace and, and just kind of stayed under the radar. But he chose to go into a situation full go, even though it was uncertain what was going to happen. He faced a fear. I want to show you a video of a young lady who faced a similar fear in our American history, and her boldness and the outcome is amazing. Rosa Parks decided to stay seated in December of 1955. I was two and a half years old. I know that what Rosa Parks did made a huge difference in my life. You know, now as I am 60 years old, and I look back at all the opportunities, all the doors that were open because of people like Rosa Parks, the conventional wisdom about her was, oh, this was just a, you know, a woman who got on the bus, she was tired, her feet hurt, she didn't want to get up. But that does not take into account her incredibly amazing political consciousness, the training that she had. She was like Jackie Robinson in the sense that it had to be the right person. Jackie Robinson could be the person he was, the person who made the difference in baseball because he had the discipline and the awareness and the consciousness to do what he did. Rosa Parks had the discipline and the consciousness and the awareness to be able to be the person to represent herself and to represent African Americans who were trying to make a difference. You know, up until that time, people just sort of accepted what was going on. They really couldn't fight back because the consequences were too great. And because she had been trained and because she was a member of the NAACP and because of the confluence of Martin Luther King coming to Montgomery, this bus boycott was incredibly powerful. It's something that people will study forever. That's something that started with the spark from this woman that grew into 
a local bus boycott that grew into a national consciousness that made not just African Americans realize that this had to end, it made most Americans who care about liberty and justice realize that this way of life had to end. Rosa Parks was a very powerful leader in the civil rights movement. Um, and she started with something simple. She just sat down. Um, she risked her well-being. It was a time and age where um, making that kind of statement could have cost you your life. Definitely cost you your job. And you were arrested. You now, and now you had a reputation that you couldn't go on these buses and so you couldn't get to work either. It took boldness. There was nothing certain about what she was doing. She had no, no way of knowing if she's going to survive this. But she faced her fears. Being bold means sometimes doing things that scare us. Being bold means sometimes facing a fear that we've, been, we've had our whole life. What is God asking you to face that scares you? For some of us, it's that temptation or sin in our life that we've been battling for years. And God's finally asking us, it's time to address this and find healing. For others, it's family members or relationships that we've built and then destroyed. And the scariest thing is to say, I'm sorry. Or the scariest thing is to, to approach somebody who maybe you haven't talked to in a long time. It takes boldness to do that. It takes boldness to talk to your neighbors about anything, let alone what's going on in their lives and being real. It's real easy to talk surface level with our friends and neighbors, but to type deeper what's going on in here in their lives, it takes boldness. And in the same way where, where Paul had no idea how it's going to turn out, Rosa Parks had no idea how her protest was going to turn out. We have no clue how what we're going to do is going to turn out. But God gives us the confidence. God will be with us, and he will allow us to go through things without fear when we trust in him and be bold for him. I love the book of Acts. To me, the book of Acts is amazing because it's the start of our church. Without the boldness of the people in that book, we're not here today. They started a movement, a powerful movement that changed the world, and they did it because of boldness. If you look through the life of Peter and Paul and John and, and all the other men and women who are alive in this book, we see that in every step they made, they were bold. My biggest fear for not being bold for our faith is the kids, before, the kids and generation that are growing up. We are teaching the kids in our life, let it be our own personal children or, or the people and kids we have um, in our neighborhoods. We're teaching them not to be bold when we don't stand up. When we don't stand up for our faith, they assume that's what you do as an adult. You don't say anything about it. When we don't do something about something, they just assume, well... Maybe I don't have to either. This generation, probably more than, than the ones before them, want something more out of life. 
They want what they do to mean something. And when we're teaching our kids that it is okay not to let our faith mean something, they assume that's what Christianity is about. But we can change that. We can show them it is okay to be bold for our faith. God used everyday normal people in the Bible to do amazing things. And he's still going to do the same thing with us today if we have the courage to be bold. And I know it's scary to put yourself out there. But David, King David, writes something in in Psalm 27 that can be an anthem cry, to be something that we can keep in mind as we go forward to be bold. And he says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though armies surround me, my heart will not fear. The war breaks out against me. Even I will be confident. God gives us that. We trust in him. We're bold for him. He will allow us to face face anything that comes our way regardless what's going on. We're going to do one more song tonight, this morning. And as we're, we're, we're singing this song about whom shall I fear, I don't know if, if there's something in your life that you, that you need prayer for. I don't know if there's, there's a, a place in your world that you need that courage and that boldness. This is the time to do that. Someone's going to be down here. We're going to pray with you, and we're going to sing this song. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the amazing stories that we hear and read in the book of Acts. Thank you for the boldness of those before us. Allow us to have that same boldness in our lives. Let us not lose a generation, but let this generation stand strong with you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Please stand with us as we sing this last song together.